I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And so it happened on a, the most sort of recent time it happened, which was a few months ago. I called my mum and I was like, mum, I, I can't do this anymore. I just, I, I can't, um, I can't live with this unhappiness and this rely, like relying on acting, um, you know, for my work and for, um, to make me feel good as like it's too stressful and so she's like I think Anna Marie it's time to like um to let it go for a while and not necessarily give up but just to let go of the hold it had on me and it really kind of stuck with me what she said and I was like yeah actually I think I really deserve some stability for a while world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry and I make them share a couple audition stories with me. If you're not subscribed to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button now. You can also check out our Patreon and see all of these interviews on video. If that's your thing, you can do that. Those links are in the show notes as well as all of our social media. And uh, if you wish, please leave some love in the form of ratings and reviews. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, moving on, I have a really fun project. I can't talk about it quite yet. Next week, I'll be able to tell you about it. Um, But if you're impatient, follow me on Instagram. I'll be posting about it as soon as I possibly can. What else is going on? I think um, I think that's kind of it recap wise. We're still in this WGA strike. Go writers. We support you. We love you. And um, I'll be back out on the picket lines next week as well.
Today on the show, we have Anna Marie Thomas. You may remember her from The Sounds, Friend of the Friendless. She's in the brand new Evil Dead Rise. We talk all about working in New Zealand, our love for Titanic, and so much more. So here's my conversation with Anna Marie. And welcome to the show, Anna Marie. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, What time is it over there in New Zealand right now? It is 1 p.m. in the afternoon on this very rainy, miserable day in Auckland, New Zealand. Really? You guys got some rain happening? Terrible weather. We've had, we've been cheated of of a summer and we've had rain all year. So New Zealand is definitely um, a bit miserable to be in at the moment. But um, (laughs) yeah, wish I was in sunny California, that's for sure. Hey, it rained last night. I think it's going to rain again tonight. So maybe it's just the whole the whole planet is uh, against us right now. The whole planet's doomed. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The whole planet is doomed. We're all doomed. Whatever. It's fine. We won't um, go there yet. We won't go there. No, no. Oh, man. Well, I'm so happy to have you on today. The first thing I love to ask all of my guests is what made you want to become an actor? Oh, that is such a good question. It's such a juicy question. Um, I always wanted to be an actor. It's one of those things where I just, it feels like it's in my bones. Um, I've never known the time of not wanting to be an actor. And like I, um, one of the first films that I remember having a really big impact on me was Titanic. And I saw that film and I was like, I want to be on that set. Like, a, you know, you know how there's those weird Titanic people that are obsessed with it? Like I how, want I to. Are you? Ah! Oh, my god! I got to tell I you, have a, I have, a, I have a, um, a, a light switch cover of Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic <laughs> that my parents got me, like, in the 90s, and and I still have it. It's still in my, oh. my office. <laughs> my room has all of this random Titanic like um little souvenirs from the film and like all of this weird stuff it's actually like it's it's a weird obsession right like were we on the titanic that's my theory is that we were maybe Maybe. like linked to it in real life that's my theory because we're not alone there's some real crazies out there that are just obsessed with it i've probably been part of that Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised i went down to mexico where they shot some of titanic they they have a studio down there and they give you a ticket at the at the like start of the tour, and then they tell you if you survived at the end of it. And we were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is upsetting!" Did you survive? No. Oh man, I didn't. <laughs> I definitely died in the ocean. Oh, that's rough. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh my um, god. <laughs> yes. So so Titanic was like a huge. Um, of mine and I remember watching the movie and being obsessed and and more specifically wanting to be on the set of that movie and see how it was made and wear the costumes and uh, touch the props and see how they got this shot and um so that it was always a specific love for for film and specifically like being part of the behind the scenes of making movies but I could never see myself doing any other job but acting um And I think it was the character work that really drew me into it. And as much as I try to convince myself growing up that I didn't want to be an actor because, you know, I had heard the horror stories of how unstable it is and how hard it is. And I was like, I really want to be an accountant. 
I really want to be a stable, normal, functioning person in a society. And I, I just, I couldn't shake it. And I was like, okay, I feel like this is a calling for a reason. And I just got to be really, really brave and I've got to do it. And that's what, that's a decision I made. I mean, it's, it's true. It's like, I think that, you know, everyone I talk to on the show, it's like, they knew as a kid, it's like you somehow come out of the womb mm. and you know, you want to be an entertainer. You like know mm. it in your bones. And I don't know what it is. We've got such, I think, I don't know. It depends how deep you want to go, but I really believe artists have such a higher purpose in this world and to serve something bigger than themselves. And like, I do think it's a calling in a way where, you know, even though it's not an easy journey, it's an important one. Um, and storytellers really help shape the world we live in. So like, if you feel that you've got to, you've got to just be brave and follow it. Hey. Mm, I love that. It's true. We, I mean, it's, it's an honor to be able to work in such a fashion that like you're helping other people go through things. You're helping them work through their own emotions. You're making them laugh. You're making them cry. It's like you're imparting so much onto other people without even having mm. to be right in front of them. Oh, absolutely. And you're expressing different worldviews and experiences of life and, um, history and like it's so rich um yeah it's the coolest job ever when you get to do it (laughs) (laughs) this is very true so how did you how did you make your way into the professional world of acting in New Zealand what was that like for you I decided when I was in my last year of high school um that I wanted to go to drama school So I moved out of my family home at the age of 17 and relocated myself up to Auckland, which is sort of one of our main cities in New Zealand, and studied here for three years at drama school. And then began, um, like I got my first agent at drama school and then just began auditioning and um, have just built up my body of work over the past few years, um, which I've been really lucky to do. What was like that first set experience like for you? I mean, for someone who so badly wanted to experience it, what was yeah. it like? It was incredible. I um, I I managed to hustle my way into my first job. It was my last year of drama school, and um, one of the tutors, one of the directing tutors who worked with like the film students, she was creating a film that had been financed by um, the New Zealand Film Commission, so it was quite a big mm-hmm. deal. I knew she was making it. And she had directed me in a project early in the year. And I just, I don't know where I had this crazy confidence. And I would just see her every day and I'd be like, hey, have you got a role for me in your film yet? And she was like, not today, not yet, Anna Marie. And I asked her for literally like months. Every time I saw her, I just like, hey, do you have a role for me in your film? It was very cheeky. I probably wouldn't do that these days. <laughs> Until eventually one day she was like, actually, yeah, I do. And somehow... They had this character that was on the cutting board and they decided, actually, we, you know, we'll give her a shot and, and play it. She obviously really wants to be part of this. Um, and so I got to go to step for the first time and um, and learn all of the, um, oh, the behind the scenes, which was just such a new world. Um, it was awesome. Like, it, it was, I very quickly realized I want to be on set every single day, all the time. Yep. in a creative role I've done I've done a bit of crew work and I don't it doesn't quite have the same appeal but <laughs> if I'm acting I want to I want to be there all the time I'm obsessed I mean that's good because they always say right like if you're not obsessed with it just stop because there's no point oh, 
yeah, there's so so many other jobs in the world that yeah. are like really good jobs that probably pay better. So. <laughs> Well, tell me a little bit about the show, The Sounds, that you were on. You did a, mm. quite a large arc on that. So what was that yeah. like for you to be able to to bring this character to life for, for so many episodes? It was awesome. Um, she was a, like a really distinctive character. Um, she had a, quite a dramatic arc and a really sad sort of backstory. Um, and I worked with an acting coach on that to sort of um, just to sort of flesh her out, I really like to talk with with other creatives to make the the process less lonely. I don't like working on my own. I find it really like um, you just get stuck in my head and not really know, not have a clear sense of direction sometimes. Um, so I worked with a coach on that one to just like really build her before I went into filming. Um, and one of the sort of um, tools we had was every time I put her shoes on, I was like focused and present and in and dropped into her and then every time I take her shoes off whether it's like after a scene or at the end of the day then like okay I'm going to leave all of that there all of her um all of her characteristics and her energy that's going to stay there with the shoes so that was a really good way in and out of that character for me because she held so much um pain that she was constantly hiding and um and it was really hard work to to constantly, constantly hold tension and shit, like always rigid. I'd always have my fists tense and every muscle in my body just absolutely um like tense to the maximum and just disguising. And um she was a lot of energy and and you know, that's all in stillness as well. So it was so yeah. focused that work. Um but I, I loved it, like I love that I love going deep. That's just my um that's my I favorite. Mean, that's- that's like the nitty gritty. That's the that's oh, yeah. stuff where you just like want to eat it up, right? It's like Absolutely. how how badly can I torture myself for this role? <laughs> but ah. it's amazing and it feels so good. It's so masochistic, but it's it's true. I know, and I don't know what it is because I've always been really drawn to those roles. There's just something extremely oh, I don't know. It's deep, right? And we're exploring things that I guess you don't really talk about every day in conversation. Yeah. But we we get the opportunity to just go there, and it's um it's quite it feels good to 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 really experience. I love the idea of leaving her with the shoes, right? Because there's mm-hmm. always this struggle as an actor of not bringing it home, not letting it affect yeah. your actual life, your persona, your person, your person. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to leave it there. So that is such a great tip it's so useful and it is also like I think you know sometimes as an actor you have a certain responsibility on set to to be a leader to to show up in um in a good way for people and it's nice to go oh I'm stepping into these shoes now where I I have to show up like in this certain way and that's really Mm. important to distinguish I think yeah do you have any other um things that you like to do when you're on set or also how do you break down a script when you get the audition like what's your process for that it depends because I feel like as I grow as a person my process constantly evolves and some things I used to do in the past just don't work for me now um and 
it, so it depends. Like I'm constantly just trying to stay inspired and try new things um, and and learn new techniques. And it's very individual for each character for mm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it just depends on what what they're going through and what they've been through um, and what how they sort of view the world. And I'll go get inspired from there and go go deeper. So I can't say I've got a process. And I to be honest, I don't think I ever will. Um, the more I learn, the more I apply. And, um, and yeah, I love that process of just like starting afresh each time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, it's each actor finds their own way of being able to get through a character and get through a script and, and try to break it down the best I can. And, you can and mm-hmm. it's just it's always so interesting to hear everyone's different like little methods like there's so many yeah. people who write everything down I like to write things down so that it's like off the page cool. and in a journal like yeah it's just there's so many different ways to do things and it's I mean that's what makes this so fun right is like everyone brings their own exactly thing and there's no right or wrong right there really isn't there's just the truth so yeah whatever works to help you get to the truth that's perfect for me I know like I don't really like the the text analysis like it doesn't it just I get bored it doesn't Mm. inspire me creatively and it's like all my trauma from drama school it's like oh (laughs) (laughs) reminds me of that so I'm like um I much prefer getting things up and moving and I get so much from rehearsals and from the other actor that that's when I really start to find my flow We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. 
and it brings me to another point, which, you know, we've been living in this um, world of self-tapes over here in LA. I know that Mirabai was on a couple of weeks ago and she mentioned that you guys have had in-person mm-hmm. auditions. What's, I mean, yes. for you, I mean, do you find that the in-person audition is better for you creatively than the self-tape? Mm-hmm. I 100% do like better in the room than I do on tape. Um, it's always, I feel like in the room, the stakes are so much higher and there's a lot more adrenaline and there's so much more, um, and you get an actual one-on-one with the casting director so they can get to see who you are as a person and, um, as, as opposed to sort of it all being on tape where it, it doesn't quite translate as well. Um, I like the, the freedom that tapes give you to, to do as many takes as you like and to explore, but there's something about only having that one shot or potentially two shots to get it and the pressure that actually seems to make me perform so much better. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. It's like when I'm in the room, mm. it's, the, it's the energy, right? It makes you, it makes you want to be the best you can. Cause you're like, I got this mm. one chance. I have all this energy inside of me and you're so alive yeah. and I'm, I'm such a people person. Like I want to talk to people. Mm, yeah. And so and not it, it, being able to like show my personality on a tape, I'm like, uh. It feels kind of restricting, eh? Constricting. And I know there's a lot of conversations happening around that of actors being like, oh, I'm frustrated. But it, it is kind of the reality of the world we live in now post-pandemic. Yeah. Um, and it's like, how do we find that fire in the room that we get? Um, or that at least me and you get? Maybe not everyone feels that way. But how do we then apply that to, to taping? Right. Yeah. It's it's a difficult little line that we've all had to, to toe recently. And mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know a lot of people in the States are saying that it's going to stay self-tape land for a while. Yeah, like, I've heard that as well. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were in such a golden age of, of um, making film and TV and, and auditioning. Like, we didn't know it at the time, but nope. that, that's kind of a thing of the past now. I know it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, tell me a little bit. You're in the, the new Evil Dead Rise movie, which I'm so excited yes. about. Um, tell me what that experience was like for you joining such a huge franchise. <laughs> oh, epic! Um, such a dream come true. Uh, like Evil Dead has filmed here in New Zealand, so it's got a lot of roots here, and it's definitely been something that's talked about. Like I've always known what it is. Um, in my entire time in this industry because it's sort of made a home here. And um, so a lot of the crew worked on all of the sort of previous films. They worked on Ash, Evil Dead, the TV show. Um, So they've got a lot of ties. They know this world very, very well. Um, So joining that was so cool. One of my first ever auditions was for Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it was like I prepped it so hard. They like, I got it. It was just for like this minor character, American accent. And I was like practicing my American accent in my car every single day to these like um, recordings and was prepping, prepping, prepping. And then the day before the audition, I got a call being like, oh, they've, they've cut that character. So you don't need to audition anymore. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, what? Okay, cool. That's all good. Um, and but then you know a few years later to then come on to this project it was like awesome cool it was one of those full circle moments 
And I mean, is this your first time being in in like a true horror movie? The first yes. time you've actually okay. So what did you think? What do you think about the genre? I love horror, so yes. Um, I I'm not a horror gal, and <laughs> you know, like I I think you're great for loving it. Like you're so brave. Wow, well, I wish I could. I just can't. I'm a real scaredy cat. Um, it just it really unsettles me especially paranormal things um yeah yeah I just can't do it um so I was a little nervous coming on to this um because I was kind of scared about about being really spooked um mm. and being a little bit traumatized by it but it's that making a horror is very different to watching it and it's extremely technical and messy and um there's so much rehearsal and prep that goes into it um and so when I you know the experience of making this film versus then watching the trailer I was like oh my god that's terrifying I didn't realize this film was so scary (laughs) (laughs) because at the time making it it was just like a lot of fun um so completely different completely different experiences and you guys got to film on a lake and enjoy this yeah. beautiful outlook. I mean, yeah. it was like filming a rom-com minus yeah. all the blood. Minus all the blood and being like extremely cold and drenched and dripping wet. You know what's so funny is like I we got so used to being, so my character has some prosthetics she wears and um, at some points in the film it looks pretty terrible. Um, but we just got used to, to looking like that all the time. And like you'd walk around the set and like, Someone had like their guts filling out and someone had like their heads split open and they're just like talking to the crew normally. And the first time I got on set and I saw that, I was like, what is this place? I was like, it was the, the strangest thing I've ever seen. And then by the end of it, I was so, it was so normal to me to look like that, um, that I forgot until I saw photos of myself talking to the crew. And I was like, oh my gosh, you look like shit. <laughs> you look like you've been through hell. Literally, and I remember there was this gorgeous stuntman who I like was like, oh, he's so cute. And then now I look back, I'm like, oh, you should not. You should. Oh, no. No, that was never going to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Unless he's listening to this right now. What's up? Yeah, I know. I hope he's not listening because that's really embarrassing. I don't, I don't think he is. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, my God. Well, that's so exciting. Is there, um, do you have, hopes to be in more horror films now that you've seen how you know it's so much different on set yeah it's a very fun genre to film um absolutely I would love to um particularly with the amount of stunt work that there was like it was the first time I'd done um, any work on wire um I'd love to do more of that oh so cool so fun it's like yes throw me in the air I'm so happy you get get to fly I mean incredible well, on this show, we like to share audition stories. Um, now that can be the one that got away. It can be something mm-hmm. embarrassing, something funny or sad. Is there a story that you'd like to share with our listeners? So I have been thinking about this because there are like definitely stories of heartbreak. Like I think my biggest heartbreaks in life has probably come from audition, um, which was a very tough lesson to learn early on. But I actually, I was thinking about it. I was like, actually, I think my most recent audition story is the one I want to share with you um let's do it yeah and it's an inspiring it's a happy one um oh good yeah so yeah just to change the tune um so I 
so this is a bit of a journey. I um, had been auditioning sort of like last year, getting really, really close to things is like quite common. Probably you've experienced a lot yourself. You get down to like the final two and then for whatever reason, a few weeks out from the shoot, they'll make their decision and it won't be you and they'll let you go. Um, and then, so you know, you're going to have three months of work and suddenly there's no work and you're like, what am I going to do? And I had quite a few experiences like that um, where I got really close and excited and quite invested in my characters and um, and then it didn't go my way for whatever reason and then had to really quickly be like, okay, what am I going to do for this period of time? And it was um, really starting to wear me down, like to the point where I was thinking about, I actually don't know if acting's for me anymore. Um, yeah, it was like severely affecting my mental health and um, my the way I viewed myself and like my identity because it was pretty like wrapped up in whether I was acting or not. And I was like, hey, I actually think I'm more than this, and um, I really want to be happy and stable. Um, and so it happened on a the most sort of recent time it happened, which was a few months ago. I called my mum and I was like, Mum, I, I can't do this anymore. I just, I, I can't, um, I can't live with this unhappiness and this rely, like relying on acting, um, you know, for my work and for, um, to make me feel good. And it's like, it's too stressful. And so she's like, I think, Anna Marie, it's time to like, um, to let it go for a while. And not necessarily give up, but just to let go of the hold it had on me. And it really kind of stuck with me what she said. And I was like, yeah, actually, I think I really deserve some stability for a while. And I got my first ever full-time job. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. So, like, I went, um, I also work as a personal trainer. And so I was like, actually, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna start focusing on that for a bit. Um, so day one of my full-time job, I get a call from my agent. Hey, congratulations! You've booked um, this TV show that you were released from a couple of months ago. The one that made me decide I wanted a full-time job. I booked a role on it in like a different character. Literally day one of my full-time job. I was like, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> and oh then my God. the next day, I get a call from another one of my agents. Um, hey, congratulations! You've booked the feature film that you auditioned for. And I was like. Oh my god! So suddenly, it's so interesting, like releasing the whole acting head on me, and almost the the um, desperation in a way of needing to work to survive. I'd lost my joy in it, and as soon as I was able to let that go and not need it anymore or rely on it and find the fun in it again, like I've never been busier as an actor. I mean, okay, one that's amazing, and <laughs> it just. You know, it's it's true though. It's like you know, when you're so desperate for something, it's like it feel it gets further and further and further mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. And the second you're just like, okay, I trust that whatever is going to happen is going to happen. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, the opportunities open, the doors open, and the world is like, okay, yeah, you're ready now. Yeah, and you know, like finding the joy in it again, and finding freedom in it, and just going into an audition and being like, today I get to act. And, you know, this is so temporary and I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but this is just the right now and that's all I've got. So I'm just going to have fun and know that, you know, I get my finances from somewhere else and my happiness from somewhere else and um, this doesn't define who I am. 
Oh, I love that. My gosh, mm. so inspirational. Yeah. So that's my, my inspirational story that I'd love to share with everyone because like if you're feeling unhappy, it's a sign that something's not working. Listen yeah. to it. Listen to it. Find a way to fix all of it so that it yeah. all fits together. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's so hard to, you know, there's so few actors that solely survive on acting. I mean, that's, it's kind of a pipe dream at this point. Like, yeah. it's so few. You have to be able to find your joy in that and also, you know, find a way to provide for yourself. And find who you are as a person. Yes. Outside of it. Outside of the industry. Outside of everything else. Because it's not. Like, like it doesn't define you. It's not who you are. Your life is your life and your life alone. Like, who, like, this thing doesn't dictate who you get to be. Mm. Mm. So true. So true. Uh, well, I have one last question for you and it's just cause you know, you've talked so much about how much you love set and filmmaking. Have you ever thought maybe one day I'm going to produce as well as act or direct or write? I'm definitely a writer. Um, I, I've always loved writing and I'm really drawn to it and I'm sort of writing my first screenplay at the moment, um, Yay. which is awesome. And I'm loving that process. It's taught me heaps about acting as well, giving me a different perspective on it. Um, and I just worked with a really wonderful director, producer, writer on um, on a film, and she hugely inspired me to to sort of like take the reins and to learn producing, and eventually one day direct. Um, it's awesome seeing so many females coming through into that world and finding that power. Um, so absolutely, I'm keen to do do everything that I can. I love that. And we all look forward to it. Uh, where can people follow you on social media so they can keep up with your amazing journey? Uh, I'm on Instagram, my full name, Anna Marie Thomas, which is Marie with two E's, not an I-E. Um, no one ever gets my name right. So if you can I find know. me, good luck and <laughs> well done. I get it. I get because my, my name's Claire, Jillian Claire. And so I get A-I-R-E all the time. Yeah. And mine doesn't have an I either. It's, you know, mm. the no I sisters. High five. Yes. Nice. The Titanic no I sisters. Well, I've had such a great time talking to you. It's been so lovely. And uh, come visit us in the sunny state. Absolutely. I will be there. If you can pick me up from the airport, I'd love that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. I'll meet you at LAX. <laughs> Amazing. See you there soon. Thanks again to Anna Marie for coming on the show. Make sure to check out Evil Dead Rise. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hi, I'm S.E., one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a Best Comic Book Podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. 
You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts. And you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.